Always remember when you enter his presence with praise. Don't ever forget that praise inhabits. That's, what's, that's what it's all about. It enters, you're entering into something that God wants. So what I'm trying to say simply, don't ever lose your praise. No matter what you're going through, don't lose your praise. You know, we, 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 we understand that, that, you know, God loves us. You know, the simple ABCs of, of the gospel. Uh, well, I think some of us know that. We can't, we got to quit playing the games of, you know, he loves me, he loves me not. Come on. Because it's not about does God love me. No, it's really about do we love God. Come on. That's what it's really about, right? So I want to just encourage you tonight that I want to encourage you with a couple things. One is one thing we say a lot in Beloit Life Centers. I want you to understand something. You are not called to fit in. We've got to quit trying to fit into this world. We're trying so hard to fit in. God never intended for us to fit in. He intended for us to what? Stand out, right? We're not supposed to be people who fit in anymore. And that's the problem is everybody's trying to figure out their little tweak and this and that. And it's all cool to be cutting edge and all that kind of stuff. One thing I know about faith is you're always cutting edge. you got Nick Pruitt here, man. You're always going to be cutting edge. And so... I love that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about trying to be like the world. We're not trying to be like the world. We're supposed to stand out, right? So God isn't asking you to fit in in any way, shape, or form. Remember that. Understand that some people are going to think you're a little strange. Some people are going to question what you believe. But one thing I can't stand is I hate religion and I hate tradition. Because what ends up happening is we fall into this trap of something that God never intended for us to fall in this trap of. I, had, I was walking in Starbucks one day and someone walked up to me and said, oh, you're the pastor over there at that church. I said, yeah. He goes, oh, yeah, you're a you're religious guy. I said, oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, he looked at me and goes, what? I said, oh, I'm not religious at all. He goes, well, aren't you the pastor over at the church? I said, yeah, but I'm not religious. He goes, what do you mean? Of course you're religious. I said, I'm not religious at all. I hate religion. I also have to tell you something. God hates religion. And so all of a sudden, he's like, what are you talking about? He goes, what church are you pastor of? I need to go to that church. I love that kind of stuff. We're not supposed to fit in. The harder you try and fit into this world, the further from God you are. I want you to understand that church, God's church, in no way, shape, or form has designed us to fit in. So remember that. But I want to just kind of talk to us uh, in, in an area that I think we, we all as human beings deal with. And I just want us to go to Genesis chapter 25, if you have your Bibles. If anybody has like a real Bible, turn your pages on so I can hear it. Turn it, turn them, turn them. I like that sound. I forgot about that sound because I'm just like everybody else now. But, man, when I, all of a sudden I hear someone turn those pages, I'm going, I can't, I can't wait to get back to my desk. And I'll go back to my desk and I'll... I'll turn the pages and go, man, that was kind of cool. I remember those days. Genesis chapter 5 and verse 19 says this. This is the genealogy of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah as wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padan Aram, the sister of Laban the Syrian. Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together within her, and she said, If all is well, why am I like this? Have you ever asked the question, if everything's supposed to be going so great, why am I going through this? If God is who he says he is, why am I in this situation? Can anybody relate? 
And if you shake your head no, I'm going to jump off this stage because we all deal with things like this, right? If God says these things, why do I have to go through these things? Now, I want to also refer to Gideon. Have you ever heard of Gideon? He's not necessarily a man that most would have deemed as qualified by God. I don't know if it's time to go into that, but he wasn't someone that we would look to and say, oh, this guy's really qualified by God. You know, unfortunately, when we look at people that we think are qualified by God, God loves to use the unqualified. He loves to take people. I'm telling you right now, I'm pastoring a church right now, and I still laugh at it. Like, why did he pick me? He had so many more qualified people. And I found out that there's something that God has placed on all of us, and that's called destiny. That's a calling that you have. Well, no matter who you are, we, we found something out a long time ago. God is no respecter of persons. What he'll do for one, he'll do for the other. But we so often disqualify ourselves because mankind has disqualified us. So then we buy the lie, and we don't understand that something needs to rise up in our belly that says, I am who God says that I am. Am I talking to somebody tonight? See, what happens is that we end up going, man, what happened? Why am I not, why am I feeling this way? Why is it that I, uh, th these people say this or say that? Get used to it. I found out that the more people talk about me, the more excited I get. Because they're not all saying good things. I had a guy walk up to me the other day, and he says, I, I want to talk to you about something. He was at, he was at church, and he, as we were walking out, and I always want to get something like that. I go, oh, boy, here we go. You know, and I got people like, ah, oh, Pastor, that was awesome. Thank you, man. Thank you for that word that changed my life. And then I got, I want to talk to you. <laughs> and he started asking me these questions. And he said, you know, I looked at your website. And I noticed that, you know, you, uh, under what you believe, it says what we believe, you had some real generic stuff in there. Now, for me, I would never have even come to this church, but someone had talked about it, so I decided to come anyways. But based on your website, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have come because well, you didn't talk about what you believe. You didn't use scripture, and you didn't talk, uh, let us know what, you, what, your, 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 what your belief system is. And I said, you know, sir, thank you for that. And he said, also, there's no pictures of the pastors in here. And he goes, why is there no pictures of the pastors? I want to know who they are. And I said, well, let me just say something to you. I said, no offense, but I'm not going after you. And he said, what are you talking about? I said, I'm not looking for to take someone from some other church or someone who's a, who's, a, who's a seasoned Christian. Now, if a Christian walks in here and says they want to make this their home church, great, praise God. But I'm not going after you. I'm going after the lost and dying world that's out there. That When I put all that scripture out there, they're not going to have a clue what that means. They're not going to know what that means. If I say, well, we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues, they're going to go, oh, I'm not going to that church. Even though we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. I, I think we do too here, right? Yeah, okay. I already knew that. <laughs> you, you aren't going to be under Pastor Jeff Pruitt and not believe that, trust me. Because he the man. He the man. Man, we are a lot of years together, man. I can tell you, I, oh, I could tell you so many stories. I don't have time for that, but anyways. So we're talking about Gideon. It says in Judges chapter 6 and verse 12, it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him, and he said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Wow. Right there. Some angel appeared to me and says, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. I'm like, oh, that's right. All of a sudden, my whole countenance changed. All, all that insecurity that we all walk around with, the angel shows up and says, you're a mighty man or a mighty woman of God. You're going to be like, oh, well, that's the only voice I ever need to listen to again. Well, then why aren't we listening to that voice? Come on. Gideon said to him, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, 
Why then has all this happened to us? Now, I know that I'm talking to somebody. Because we deal with these types of feelings, these types of emotions. And so much of it is founded on one word. It's worry. We're always worried about something. We're always concerned about something. You know, most people these days, we don't think much about the word worry. Now, I want to tell you, I had a, I had a message, man. I had a message. I said, I'm going to preach this at Faith Builders, man. I know those people at Faith Builders, man. They're just going to fly high. And then, the, and then and the Holy Spirit says, no, I want you to talk to him about this. I said, but no, Lord, this word is hot, man. This word is hot. It's not about what you want, Terry. It's about what I want. And I went, you got it. All right, okay. This is good. Say, this is good. Say, so, I, I, I. Oh, never mind. Okay. Most people these days don't think much about worry. We're so accustomed to it, to be honest with you, we all consider it normal, don't we? Don't we? We consider worry normal. Many, if most of us, think that it's the right thing to do to worry. We think that, well, of course, I have family. I have people in my life that I worry about. Isn't that the right thing to do? No, it's not. I'm going to show you. Jesus considers it deadly. In fact, he calls it sin. Now, I'm just going to be real. Am I allowed to be real here tonight? Come on. He listed it as one of the few things that can kill off your harvest. What you don't understand is that we try so hard to emotionalize things sometimes when we're going through something that we forget that there is a God in heaven and that there's the Holy Spirit walking every step of the way with us. We seem to look at our circumstance and we forget the fact that we walk by faith and not by sight. And we all of a sudden find ourselves in a situation where we start to worry and we're concerned about something that hasn't even happened. I'm going to tell you something. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? 80%, they say, of what we worry about never, ever happens. So eight out of the ten things that you're worried about right now aren't even going to happen. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. And what happens is it gets us in a situation where we're under such bondage that we can't seem to get out of this, this, this rut of worrying. We go from this to this to this to this, and we just can't seem to shake it. Because it seems like when we get one victory, all of a sudden now we're walking over here, and we're in this situ- situation, and we start worrying about something over here. Can anybody relate to that? Proverbs 12.25 says, anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression. Oh, that's, 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 that's scary. Worrying is simply stressing about something that hasn't even happened. Worry and fear just for some reason seem to go together, don't they? And I want to talk to you tonight a little bit about this. Why? Because it's something that we need to get victory over. Because if we learn to walk by faith and not by sight, we're going to find that we don't have to be worrying about something that probably isn't even going to happen. Come on. Bible says to cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We've got to control this thing called our mind. Because I don't know about you, but if I want to get into some thought about something, it starts here. 
And if I start entertaining that thought, all of a sudden, it don't take long, and now I'm way over here, and it, you know, I'm just imagining these things, and we have got to learn as human beings to get control of our emotions, to get control of our mind. Now, listen, emotions are from God. People get mad at me. Oh, you're, always talking about, you're talking about emotions all the time. I talk about them. Not, they're from God. I cry. I laugh. I do all those things too. But at the end of the day, we've got to learn that emotions are just that, emotions. They're not fact. They're not Bible. They're not word. We don't walk by emotions. We walk by faith. Come on. See, so if we learn to start walking by faith in life, all of a sudden this worry thing starts to become minimalized. But I want you to understand something. When you fall into worry, as a human being, you are not in the will of God. I'm going to show you that. See, under no circumstances does God want us worrying about anything. But what, here's another thing that happens, as, I say as human beings a lot, because that's who we are, we're human beings. And so, as people of God, I think sometimes we go, well, I did this. So because I did this, I'm worrying that God's going to do something to get me back. Oh, I, I, I'm the same way. I messed up. I made a mistake. I'm not living right. I have an addiction. So God can't use me. So these words that I know you're talking about, Pastor Terry, they don't apply to me because I deal with an addiction. Come on. I see it gets quiet here now, doesn't it? This is real life stuff. One thing I love, I, I, know I look around here and, and, and I love, I love the fact, see, a lot like Bullet Life Center. See, we're, we, we have people from all walks of life. But I'm not just talking about uh, uh, financially or educationally or, et or ethnicity. And, yeah, I'm talking about people from all different experiences in life. I promise we have people from all different backgrounds. If we were to have everybody have a mic and I hand you all a mic, you could have stories about your life and they wouldn't be the same as the person next to you. But see, what's so cool about that is, it, and that's what's so great about Faith Builders. See, you come here, you're not judged by what you have been through or what you may be currently going through. The problem is, today's, I'm sorry, but so often churches are trying to become this, this, this coffee clutch of all perfect people. And I don't know about you, but I ain't perfect. And all I know is that if, if we don't let them come into the house of God, where are they going to go? Where are they going to go? See, they got to be in the house of God. Say, well, I'll get in there when I get cleaned up. No, get in there now. Let the Holy Spirit work on you. I'm not going to beat you up. I'm not going to pound on you. All I'm going to do is invite you and love you. See, at the end of the day, that's what the church is. Are you hearing me? Are you all here now? All right, all right. I love you. all shouting me back. Mark chapter 4 and verse 18 says this. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares, in other words, worries of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. See, what's happening is we are letting something choke out what the word is saying to us. So when I speak the word tonight, I'm speaking the word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by what? The word. But what happens is your worry or your cares will choke whatever I say if you allow it to. Amen? So what are we trying to do? We're trying to get authority over this thing called worry. 
and the cares of this world. See, we get caught up. We turn on, or we turn on CNN or Fox News or whatever you like to watch, and all of a sudden, all this news is coming out. Now, all of a sudden, worry sets in or anger or all these things that the media, I promise, is trying to make you become rather than... Because you imagine if you turn on the news and they said, open your Bibles to... I'd be like, dang, wow, something got into this. This is awesome. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it. Ooh, that's not just accepting and say, okay, I accept it. Mm -mm. And bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. God does not want you worrying about anything. In fact, God wants us to walk in faith in his word every single moment, every second of our lives. You make a mistake, that doesn't stop you from what God wants you to do. He wants you to walk in faith. He say, he'll say, get up off the ground. Quit it. Quit basking in your emotions. Get up. Shake the dust. I can't tell you how many times I've said to myself, I feel, I, I've even physically done it. I went, like, what are you doing? Something wrong? No, I'm shaking the dust. Somebody said something to me. Someone did something. I'm just shaking the dust. I'm moving on. That's what we have to do. Or how about, I made a mistake. Get up. Shake the dust. Keep on plugging in. I'll tell you, the one thing that we encourage at our church all the time, we're constantly encouraging people, and I want to encourage you this today. See, so often we hear a word from God. We hear it. We believe it. We walk out of the building. It's gone. Somebody cuts you off in the interstate or, or uh, that's what happens to me a lot. But all of a sudden, the words that come out of your mouth aren't, oh, boy, I'm glad I didn't say that in church. Some of y'all do say it in church. But I still want you here. And I know Pastor, I know Pastor Jeff and Robin want you here too. Am I talking to somebody today? <laughs> Quit worrying. Now, I know some of y'all going, are you crazy, Terry? How in the world am I ever going to stop worrying? I know some of y'all, I'm reading your minds. <laughs> you might as well tell me to quit breathing, right? I've worried all my life. And this year, I have more to worry about than I've ever had. Come on. I know you all don't want to raise your hand, but I know I'm talking to someone. But worry simply is taking responsibility for things that you were never intended to handle. Oh, my God. Get a hold of that. You were never intended to handle worry. You weren't supposed to. What did, what, what's the word say? Cast all your what? Cares. Now, that's your worries. Cast all your worries upon the Lord. Why? <laughs> I know you know the rest of that scripture. I know some of you do. Because he cares for you. See, some of you are going, well, yeah, but I don't know if he cares for me. Trust me, he cares for you. Like I said, it's not a matter of whether he loves us. It's a matter of whether do we love him. And if we love him, we'll start believing him. God's only pain is what? Not to be believed. His only pleasure is what? It's faith. See, I'm sorry, but crying... Nothing wrong with it. I cry too. Things happen, I cry. I get it. But that's not what moves God at all. It, I hate to say it. I'm so, I, I wish it did, but it doesn't. Because if it did, I'd be crying all the time. I'd be like, oh, God. But at the end of the day, the only thing that's going to move God is what? Faith. That's it. Nothing else. 
You will move God when you walk in faith. Not when you cry, not when you scream. Have you ever screamed at God? I've screamed at God. When I was going through the fight of my life a few years ago, I was screaming at God. You promised me this. That didn't move God. What moved God was me turning around and walking in faith, and then all of a sudden, things started to change. It's amazing how that works. You think you're going to move God by your anger or your sadness or your whatever. It's not moving God. The only thing that moves God is faith. Are you hearing me? All right, all right, all right. I'll keep on going here because I don't, I don't know how much time do I have. Oh, I got time. Okay. Good, because I got a little bit more here. Worrying is taking responsibility things that you were never intended to handle. Worry is a lack of trust in the creator of this universe. When you worry, you're telling God, I don't trust you. I trust what I see. I trust what I think I'm going to see. I trust what news I got. I trust what I think my daughter or my son or my, or my relative or my friend's going to do. Rather than saying, God, I trust you. I'm, I'm telling you, it will make a difference. Let me, let me say this. We, they have found that extensive medical research has proven that worry, if you're any medical people here, you will shake your head because you already know this, breaks down our complete resistance to disease. The more you worry, the more chance of disease infiltrate in your body because of worry. They will tell you now that uh, up to 90% of all visits to primary care now, 90%, 9 out of 10 people walking in, are coming because of stress-related something or other. See, that's the, that's the environment that we're in now. That's the world we're in. Everything's stressful and, 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 and high-paced. And high-paced is good. Just don't let it stress you out. There's no need to. I learned that the, regardless of what I'm going through, I've learned that I can, I can live stress-free even though I'm, sometimes people say, what's the matter? Aren't you worried about that? I said, not at all. It's not my fight. It's not my battle. It's his. Well, what if it doesn't turn out? Well, what if it does? You know? If it doesn't turn out the way I thought, well, then God knows what he's doing because I trust him. Casting all my worries upon him because he cares for me. Amen? So it, they found out that it, the stress, the worry, diseases the nervous system, and more specifically breaks down digestive organs and especially the heart puts a, ma a massive amount of pressure on the heart. Now, I think what we have to learn to do is in every situation, the first thing we have to learn not to do is react emotionally. Because it's hard not to, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, my God, this happened. Oh, my God. You're going, ah! Instead, we should just be going, all is well. Even though inside, you might be going, dang. That's not good. But I put my trust in him. I've learned that no matter what I do, if I scream and do all that stuff, it's not moving God at all. And see, that's where we have to be as, as people. We have to learn that God is expecting us under every circumstance. And I'm talking, we've been through some bad things. I know some of y'all been through some things. We've all been through some things. But when you can learn to overcome bad news or overcome this fear thing because I'm telling you, I do a lot of counseling still and, and I counsel a lot of people and they deal with worry and stress. This is happening, that's happening, this happening and they have this list of stuff. It's because they've allowed this list to compile and they have simply removed God from the equation. So they're trying to tackle this whole world all by themselves and not include God in any of it. And see, the Holy Spirit's here for us. 
The Holy Spirit so badly wants to communicate through us, wants to help us through these things, but we seem to put God on the shelf. When I need God, I'm going through something. God, I need you. Oh, God, I'm going to pray, 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 pray. I need this. I need this. Thank you, God. And then God comes through, and then what do we do? We put him back on the shelf. Go about our life. Come back. Oh, God, I need you again. See, we're, we're kind of treating God like Santa Claus, aren't we? That's what we do. But see, the Holy Spirit wants to be with us every step of the way wants to guide us, direct us. And sometimes you hear the word Holy Spirit and people think, oh, that's, just, that's kind of that. That's weird. Holy Spirit's not weird. Spiritual matters are not weird at all. See, the world wants to make them weird. But the truth is, they're not weird. Speaking in other tongues is not weird. It's the perfect heavenly language. The Holy Spirit's giving you the perfect language. What's weird about that? It's the perfect prayer. I'm thinking, man, I want the perfect prayer because sometimes I'm praying. I don't know what I'm praying. I'm like, I don't know what to pray right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving me that. Oh, shut that up. See, I'll tell you, that's what all of a sudden changes it. Now, some of y'all going, oh, okay, it's getting weird here now. See, it's not weird. It's not weird. You're going, yeah, it is. No, it's not. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really make an attempt here. I got I to gotta move through this really quick. One thing I want you to understand, you don't have to have all this incredible knowledge and all this wisdom and all these things that I see so many people think, well, I don't know the scriptures like you know. I say, trust me, man, I don't know, I don't know a lot of scripture. I know it, but I don't know it like, I, man, I get up to some of those men of faith. Pastor Pruitt, I don't know scriptures like, like he knows them. I don't. But I do know my God. And the truth of the matter is, if you get that word in you, first of all, you have to understand. The Bible says, simply says, you know the scripture says, do not worry about tomorrow. Do not worry. So that means what? Do not worry. You're like, well, that's easy for you to say. No, you have got to learn to start casting your care upon the Father. Start doing that and you'll find out that you don't have to worry about tomorrow. The Bible says what? Today is what? Sufficient. So therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. So what I try to encourage, I didn't, I didn't finish that. What I try to do and really encourage our team to do, and I say our team, our family of God, and I say, listen, if you can, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're dealing with, I'm talking about anybody that's dealing with anything, if you can get up in the morning and you can say, I'm going to do one thing, one little tidbit, one little dinky thing, just a little thing, and be 1% better than I was today, 1%. Maybe you have a, uh, an addiction. Okay, maybe you I, say, I talk about addictions a lot because I, I have a heart for people with addictions. Why? Because they're, they're real. They're real. It's not something to, to shake a stick at. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. It's about something that you say, hey, I'm going to come before God and I'm gonna, we're going to kick this addiction. But, but I'm telling you, most of us are not going to wake up tomorrow kicking the addiction. Right? We're not. There's all kinds of addictions. All, there's all kinds of them. We, we think of it just drug addictions or, or, or alcohol or whatever. No, there's so, there's addictions all over the place. But at the end of the day, if we can just say, I'm going to make one little step. All I'm going to do, that's all I'm going to require. Now think of it from the father's perspective. For those of you, how many people have kids? Okay, when your kid does something small that they didn't do the day before, it may not be much, but they're really proud of what they did. What are you as a parent thinking? Oh, my goodness. You are, you first of all, you're like, whoa, that's awesome. And you're, you feel so encouraged. I want you to know our Father ten times, thousand times more than that. He's with you. 
You don't, see what happens is the enemy tries to get you all condemned. He'll say, well, that's all you did? God's going, yes, that's what you did. See, you have to think of it differently than the way the enemy tries to make you think. Enemies always trying to make us feel low and, and condemned and, and, oh, you did this so God can't use you. God's not changing his love for you one bit. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you say. His love for you cannot and will not change. So at the end of the day, you have to get up in the morning and know that. Are you hearing me? All right. All right. I'm, I'm going to end. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close. How much time? What, I don't even know how much time I've been up here. I don't like to be one of those guys that goes forever. All You're like, well, okay, I can do this in 10 minutes. I can do it. Okay, I can't do that. I can do this. Mark chapter 4 and verse 35. I probably didn't give you this. I'm going to skip in some. Now, most of you know this, but I want you to hear this. Mark chapter 4 and verse 35. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. I still laugh every time I think about that. Any of you have ever been in a boat when the waves are crazy you are not sleeping. You can't sleep. Jesus found a way to sleep. You know, you read all about Jesus. He never slept at all, right? But here he's sleeping. That's just crazy to me. He's up all night praying, but he gets in a boat. But he's in a stern asleep in a pillow, and they, they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And all of us, I know every one of us are going, I would be the same way. I'm not going to stand there and go, look at this, we're going to be taken out. I'm fine. I'm good. You worried? I'm not worried. Right? We're all going to be the same way. But there's something to be said here that I want you to catch. He said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly after he said that. And said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and sea obey him? See, here's the thing. We get so caught up in all these things that we have to say. All these things that we have to do, and if we say a prayer this way, then all of a sudden that's what's going to move God. No, he just simply said, you look at your problem and you say, peace, be still. See, what happens now, we have to start looking at our situation and not get in and see, well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go, devil, I'm warning you. You get away from me. I bind you in the name of Jesus. I throw you in hell, and I do all these things, and all, all God say, no, peace, be still. See, Jesus understood something. Here's what he did. He spoke the end result. He spoke what his desired end result was. And why am I, why am I connecting these two? Because if you learn, you don't have to sit and worry about everything. All you have to do is speak to your situation. Now, some of you, I know I lose you. Because you'll say, well, I've tried that. You can't try it. You have to do it. 
Because if you try something to see if it will work, it will not work. I promise it won't work. But what works is when you find out and get a revelation of who you are and something rises in your belly and you say, I am who God says that I am. Peace, be still. See, Jesus said, you have no faith. And we're all looking at him, are you crazy? How could we have faith for this? That's what I'm trying to tell you. Jesus told us that greater works will we do. Greater, bigger, better than even he did. He raised people from the dead. And we're going to do greater things. I know it. I already know what some of y'all are thinking. I don't see any of that happening. You just wait. Oh, oh, you wait. You wait. I already know there's been healings in this place. I know there's been miracles. There's more to come. See, the glory of God is about to pour into, into the church today. I'm telling you more than you'll ever know. We know. When, 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 I'm just telling you, I know what's rising up in me. I know it. I feel it. I sense it. I sense a move of God like never before. And I know I talk to pastor all the time. I talk to your pastor all the time on the phone, and we're saying the same thing. It's like, man, you feel, you're just sensing what God's about to do. It's just amazing. It's not just talk. It's, ha it's coming. But he's coming for his bride. He's coming for a, a people that are, are willing to pray, to, to pray, to pay the price, to praise and to worship and to get in to his presence and understand that it's not just a game here. We can't live one foot over here and one over here and think that God's working in our life the way we want him to. No. You are either in or you are out. I hope you're okay with hearing that. I already know you are. See, that's why I free in this church because I already know. All right. So that's what he said. He simply went right to it. Nothing more. Peace be still. That's all he had to say to end a violent storm. Think about that. See, what we don't understand is that he spoke. What did the Bible say he spoke to? He spoke. Who did he talk to? Who was he talking to? He spoke right directly to the sea. How many people know the story of the fig tree? What did he do? He spoke to the fig tree. He went, he went to the fig tree... Get this, he went to it. It wasn't even the season for figs, was it? Bible says it wasn't even the season, so there shouldn't have been any on there, right? What did Jesus say? Let no man ever eat from you ever again. Why? Because his expectation was, I'm going to walk up to that fig tree, and there's, there's going to be figs on that fig tree because that's what I want. There wasn't, so he said, let no man ever eat from you again. That's all he had to say, right? In response... To what the fig tree did, it says in the word, it says in response, Jesus spoke to the fig tree. See, you aren't crazy if you're speaking to your situation. Whatever that mountain is in your life, speak to it. Bible says whatever you say to this what? Mountain. And you what? Believe in your heart. See, that's the whole point. We have to understand that there's a level of, of faith that we have to have and it has to start rising in us to start believing the things that God's word says. Because the truth is, we get fired up, we believe it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But I'm telling you, we walk out and let a circumstance change what we believe. Don't you know that instantly when you walk out this church, or even before you get out, the enemy's coming to pound on you. He's going to try to take away that word. It's biblical. So he's trying to steal it from you so you don't believe what I just spoke. Or what you're hearing. The word is the word. It is truth. It is yes. It is amen. And some people say, well, I just want to know what the truth is. The truth is the word. 
All of us have interpretations of this. I can tell you right now, I can talk to each one of us individually, and we can talk about a political issue or whatever. We'd all have different opinions. Not, not one of us would have the same opinion. Everybody would have a different opinion. Well, I just believe this is the truth. No, the truth is the word. That is the truth. And the truth can do what? Set you free. The truth in a political issue does not set you free. The truth in the word sets you free. It's not about left or about right or Republican or Democrat or any of that. It's about living a life that Jesus wants us to live for him. Amen? Amen. Faith speaks. And when you speak faith, things change in your life. I'm finding this out more and more. When something comes up, I speak to it. I'm not going to speak about it. I'm not going to go through all this ritualistic prayer. Because I'm telling you, it's not, you know what happens? How many people know that when you start praying something by faith, and you, you, the more you pray, you, the less you believe? You ever notice that? Or is it just me? Man, I, when I'm laying hands on people, man, I just, I just lay my hands on them and I'm, be healed. Or if I know what it is, I'll speak right to it. Because you have to speak to that situation. Speak to that mountain. Understand you are a child of the most high God. And you are who God says that you are. When you look in the mirror tomorrow, our, 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 our two girls here, they're so sick of these. So I don't know what he's going to say. He always says it. I want you to get up, look in the mirror, and say, you are who God says that you are. You've got to start confessing that you are who God says that you are. Because no one else is going to help you through this walk. You have to walk your own walk. And when you start getting a revelation of who you are, I'm telling you, you can move mountains. See, that's what the world's looking for so badly. I'm, I'm, fi- I'm finding out more and more. They want, somebody wants the truth. Not everybody, but there's a people out there that are saying, I just want the truth. I just want to know what the truth is. I hear everything, and I don't know what the truth is anymore. Well, open up your Bible, because there it is. God is who he says he is, and you are who God says that you are. Anybody get anything out of that tonight? I want to thank you for being here. I, 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 it, it is no greater honor for me. Um, I've been with Pastor Jeff Pruitt and Pastor Robin Pruitt for, for so many years, and they, I love them. And um, I, I, this, there's no greater honor for me. I don't care where I'd ever get a chance to speak. This is the best, best in the world for me. And you all are the best. You have the greatest pastors, in the, second greatest pastors in the world. <laughs> I'm kidding. Kind of. No, I've learned a lot from him. I've learned a lot. Man, that guy preaches the word, man. He preaches the word. And he doesn't preach it timidly. He preaches it with authority. See, that's what you need in this day and age. You need men and women who will teach the word with authority. Forget about the timidity now. We can't be timid. We got to be bold. Marty, I love how Marty's up here praising God. She's not timid one, one bit. I love it. I love it. I get, I get fired up when Marty's up here worshiping the Lord. Why? Because she's not timid about nothing. She's getting up here. She's doing what she's going to do. I love that stuff. Who cares what people think? I'm, I don't think anybody's thinking anything bad, by the way. I'm just, we don't care. We are who we are. We are children of the most high God. Amen. I want to thank you guys for allowing me to be here tonight. It's been the greatest honor of my life, and so thank you.